horses have stopped prancing. A photo finish. Lando does it again, and the king reigns supreme. Let's jump the star. Guys, welcome in. What a freaking race. I got to say that was highly enjoyable. Uh, this is Jump to Start podcast. Uh, welcome in. My name is Wellington. I'm here with my two closest friends, Yancey Rubin. Say hello. What's up, guys? What's what a, going on? What a really good race. It, it turned out to be a really good race at the end, man. A very good another, race. Super exciting. Another amazing finish at the end. Very exciting. Okay, okay. so let's take it back all the way to the beginning of the weekend. Coming in to the weekend, uh, we were looking at a couple of storylines. I'm just going to list them. Ferrari was coming into us with new updates for this race, so they wanted to make sure that, you know, everything was on the up and up and uh, that their car did better. Uh, We were also trying to identify really the true pace of all these cars. There was... You know, the issues that Red Bull had last week with Max's car, the spin out from Albon, uh, the sensor issues with all the Mercedes engines affecting Mercedes themselves, Force India, I'm sorry, Racing Point, and uh, (laughs) Williams, as well as, you know, like what we just talked about, the Ferrari upgrades. We kind of wanted to identify what we were going to be looking at, as well as also where the drivers stack up. We saw Norris put in a good race. Albon was fighting. Leclerc took a dog of a car to second place. Did we get any clarity coming out of this weekend? Uh, I think we did. Um, in one sense, yeah, we did. We did get like a pecking order. Uh, but uh, we don't know exactly where Ferrari is. But even if the Ferraris had run the entire race, I don't think they would have. They probably would have been fighting with McLaren or Racing Point, which is definitely not where they want to be. Yeah, they think this this weekend didn't do it justice to to Ferrari as far as like you know they were both went on early on, but there would have been it would have been a nice little pack between McLaren, Racing Point, and them. Okay, so Friday, uh, the Styrian Grand Prix, we had uh, practice sessions one and two. They were actually both pretty uneventful. Uh, actually, practice one was headlined kind of a, by a, a, a surprise with Sergio Perez being the fastest in FP1, and then the, fa- the third fastest in FP2, and then Stroll, fifth fastest in FP1, and fourth fastest in FP2. So it kind of called into question where exactly this car was versus the rest of the top teams. What did you guys think of the Friday sessions? Well, the that car was fast since testing, you know, however that how long ago that was. Um and I, I think it was pretty much expected. I don't I, I personally wasn't surprised by it. I, I just think they picked the wrong strategy at the last race. And you know, but that car is gonna be quick all season. They they basically copied last year's Mercedes, which was <laughs> one hell of a car that's super fast. And even if you put that that 2018 Mercedes, or oh, sorry, sorry, 2019 Mercedes in this field, it's still going to be rather competitive, and you can see it by the by the tracing point. <laughs> tracing point. <laughs> I think it's a it's a car that's going to be, you know, right competing compared to where it was last year. You know, regardless of how they how they obtain the power and the car itself, uh, they're showing that they could be able to fight in the way they didn't show that, but they're showing that. They're able to stay up. You know, like as you said last week, the race didn't do them any justice. Yeah, as long as the conditions are dry, I think they're <laughs> going to be good. <laughs> yeah. And that FP2 was actually pretty fun to watch because they, I mean, they didn't know what was going to happen with qualifying. So they were just putting in lap after lap right. super fast. Everybody was going. It, was, it, was, it wasn't quite like a qualifying session, but... Is as fun as you're going to get in a practice. Right, session. they were running their qualifying programs. Aside from the from the racing points, though, the top, basically the top teams, and I'm going to use the term loosely. I'm just going to say it's Mercedes and Red Bull. They were both qualified, also at the top, along with the uh, the racing points. But uh, we mentioned qualifying all day Saturday. It was 
it was pouring cats and dogs essentially at points to the point that they had to can- cancel FP3 due to the rain. So it's exactly what Yancey was saying. The qualifying programs had to be put in on Friday. So well, if they didn't, if they didn't, I mean, let's say if they didn't get qualifying and they were going to use the times for FP2. So, you know, that would have been interesting if, if you look at the how the 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 how they finished, it would have been an interesting race if they had started the race that way. <laughs> All right. So qualifying Saturday, they actually ended up having to delay the session because of the weather. Every driver came out on wets. And I believe that they have three wets uh, for the race weekend. So they had the three sets of wets for the qualifying, for all three qualifying sessions. So qualifying session number one, the major surprise coming out of that was that uh, George Russell in the Williams qualified for Q2. He ended up coming out of there, I believe it was uh, P11 coming out of uh, qualifying session one. That's like a victory. For them. <laughs> of course. Yeah, that car. <laughs> it's like pole position for them. Yeah. <laughs> he was about to, he was, they should have given him a champagne bottle for that one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure probably the team celebrated that. So, so coming out of, uh, coming out of the first session, though, there were some teams that actually used up more than one set of tires. And we heard, I think it was Brundle say that Mercedes specifically stuck to one tire. Uh, so that they could have fresh tires for Q2 and fresh tires for Q3. That ended up playing into their strategy later on. But uh, in qualifying two, we ended up losing Charles Leclerc. He finished 11th fastest, knocking him out, going into Q3. And um, where is Ferrari? When we talk about Russell ended up qualifying uh, P12 and Leclerc ended up P11, where the heck is Ferrari? As I said in a previous podcast, they are nowhere. They have a huge problem on their hands, and it's twofold. One, their aerodynamic package doesn't seem to work, even though they didn't bring the whole thing. But, I mean, even whatever they brought obviously didn't work when you're literally lingering at the, uh, you know, in the midfield when you're supposed to be one of the top teams. And it is being said that their engine is now about 30 horsepower down oh from God. where it was last oh year. My oh, my God. Like, so if you so you might be faster. This car is faster through the corners, but it's a dog on the straights. You're not going to get anywhere. And it showed this weekend. It showed that they are in for so we, so we a for really a tough season. So we could say Ferrari well, have the turtle and, and everybody else has a rabbit. <laughs> wow. Well, no, because at the end of the day, the turtle wins the race. So I don't know if we could even say oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that as a fan. But, yeah, they're, they're nowhere, man. They're in trouble. And if they don't start showing, you know, if they don't start updating that car, I mean, I don't even think even if they go, if they do all these aerodynamic updates, if you're 30 horsepower down on the, on that engine, I mean, you're not going to go nowhere, man. They're in trouble. They're in real trouble. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, getting my hopes up yeah. for Ferrari at all, man. Not so what, what do you think is, a, is the source that they need, Yancy? What do you think? Because obviously the upgrades is not going to do much to the engine. As far as like when it goes well, to aerodynamics and stuff, they can't they they can't do anything to the engine anymore. Yeah, exactly, that's the issue. The, the 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 next big upgrade for an engine is going to be next season, so they can't do anything to the engine. Aerodynamically, they could only do so much. Aerodynamically, is only going to get you a few tenths. Exactly, but that's still not enough if you're losing more than almost a second on the straights. Here's well, what how, they need to do. I'm sorry, Ruben. How how what what do you think happened? Yes, they dropped so much. Well, they, you know what happened, bro. That's <laughs> what they need. They need the Monstars to come out of the sky and get them some kind of boost, make them uh, Space Jam level. Um, but going into Q3, we ended up having the what was an extremely fun Q3 in the sense that the track conditions kept improving. So what a lot of teams just ended up doing is just filled the cars with fuel and just said, have at it. Go around as many times as you can, as fast as you can. 
as the session went on, times kept getting better. But I don't think that it's what I said last night. There are when it comes to rain, there are two drivers that I want. And it's one is Lewis Hamilton and the other is Max Verstappen. And that was turning out to be a duel until Max Verstappen spun at the end. What do you? Yeah, but that come on, that was even if Max spun at the end, he was not going to go anywhere near the lap that Hamilton put in. He was Hamilton was 1.3 seconds clear of everybody else. There was Hamilton just showed that he was not distracted. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And he showed why he's the best driver in the world and potentially the best driver ever. When the chips are down, Hamilton comes through. When you that lap was that lap was magical. Magical. Yeah. Magical. It's 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 up there with probably one of his greatest lap qualifying laps ever. His greatest was Singapore in 2018, but um, but that so, lap was magical in so, the rain, no visibility. If you see the onboards, you can't see anything. Imagine driving a car around a track 150, 60 miles an hour in that visibility. You you'll you'll have a heart attack right then and there. So we could say this is his best lap. In the wets ever? Singapore, mm. to me, was is the best qualifying lap he's done. Well, yeah, that, that, if you if you if you watch the three sixty onboard of that one, especially the three sixty onboard, that lap was crazy. We'll throw a link for that into the show notes that we could all see that unbelievable lap. But yeah. um, I don't know if I would say it's his greatest wet lap ever. Um. We'd have to go back and make sure to check that because it's it's a mm-hmm. it's a weird stat there. Um, rounding out qualifying, there were a couple of surprises. Carlos Sainz finished in the top three. He was uh, he qualified third. Esteban Ocon, who had a great, I'm going to say this, he had a great weekend. Um, ended up qualifying in fifth position. He was fighting the whole time on Saturday. He really impressed me. Uh, he's put a lot of work into his uh, craft, and it shows. And uh, Lando Norris. Uh, ended up finished sixth, finishing sixth, but he ended up taking a grid penalty. Uh, I think it was a three-place grid penalty that knocked him down. But um, those were the surprises in qualifying. I don't, I don't, I don't like those penalties. In, I mean, I get why you need those penalties, but penalties in practice to to affect you at the start of the race. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> yeah. Talking about practice, uh, yeah. But I, you know, I, I get why because obviously you're, you're in a racing car. It's very dangerous conditions. You got to make sure that, you know, everybody is is driving up to par. But for you to get a three a three place grid penalty, um, in a race and you're fighting for points, I'm not. I don't know. It's just it doesn't fall well with me. I mean, okay, so the nitpick. It looks like he was he's just being nitpicked, you know? Like, let's find a reason to penalize somebody or something. You know, look at the Stern Red Bull went to last weekend. They had to go to, like, you know, social media and all that stuff to just get some help. Well, that's because they got to get an edge on Mercedes. <laughs> I mean, the Mercedes, Mercedes is a class above the rest, man. They got to do something to bring them back to their level. Gotcha. All right, so at the start of the race, the actual starting grid shook out like this. Uh, I'm going to just go top to bottom. Uh, Lewis Hamilton first, Verstappen qualified, or starting grid position second. Carlos Sainz third, Valtteri Bottas fourth, Esteban Ocon fifth. Both Sainz and Ocon, those are their two best career starting positions. Alex Albon sixth, Pierre Gasly seventh, Daniel Ricciardo eighth, Lando Norris ninth, and Sebastian Vettel tenth. Wow. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, so I'm going to take a step back here. I'm going to let uh, my friend here rant a little bit. We're going to go to the start of the race where (laughs) first turn was clean and then things started getting a little hairy. Hairy? That's your description? (laughs) Go ahead, Yancy. Come on, Bent. Come on, man. It's just... 
you, if you if you want to add insult to injury to an already bad weekend, crash into each other. And as much of a fan as I am as of Leclerc, what a dumb move that was. You see that, first of all, you're starting in the back of the grid. So the reason why you want to qualify at the front of the grid is that you want to avoid the melee of all the midfield cars just coming together at the first corner or even the second corner in the first lap. It's the reason why when the, the stewards when they are assessing penalties, most of the time they'll give it a racing incident if it's on the first lap because it's just too much chaos. So if you're already having a bad weekend, you've taken a three-grade uh, three uh, place penalty, listen, man, just hang back and let the chaos ensue. But, you know, stay in the race. you got to score points. You already had an unexpected result in getting second place so you got a great points haul in that why you know you know just stay in the race get some points you know the car is bad you know the car is nowhere just go and just hang back chill out and stay in the race and get some points why are you so aggressive what is the point there is literally no room there there's no room whatsoever and then on top of that you knock out your teammate <laughs> so you just being like it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm you know I, that was so upsetting to me, and I don't know why, why he even did that. I guess we're gonna chuck it up to him being young. But at this point, you know you're the team leader. Vettel's not gonna be there anymore. You gotta be smarter than that. You gotta be smarter. Than that. Yeah, I didn't like the desperation move. We showed like he was desperate to just jump ahead right away, and it didn't just work out at all because that that was not the thing to do at that moment right there. It was just super weird that he even did it, you know, on the first yes. lap. Right. So that was, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that was going into turn three. What ended up happening is that obviously it's tight. It's all bunched up. It's the first lap. You have Sebastian Vettel making the turn. He's fighting. A, it's, it's a it's a melee, like Yancey said. He's fighting a bunch of cars. I can't really point out exactly who's fighting there, but... Charles Leclerc kind of bombs in on the inside. It's actually a, a video game move, something that I would do. Bomb up on the inside with, granted, I play with no damage. So then that would have solved didn't, the problem there. Didn't Ruben do that to you? No, he did it to me. Yeah, <laughs> One he, time. yeah he knocked into me. Playing F1. <laughs> but what ended up happening is Charles Leclerc, essentially his wheel collides with or makes contact with Vettel's wheel, sending the rear of his car airborne and into the back of Sebastian Vettel's car, destroying Vettel's rear wing and then doing essentially irreparable damage to the bottom of Leclerc's car and the front wing. Front wing. So it ended up, uh, uh, Vettel ended up retiring in lap one. There was a safety car that came out. Vettel retired in lap one and Leclerc ended up retiring, I believe, a lap later because he just could not get the car around uh, efficiently. If the car is bad aerodynamically and you damage that floor, which is so important to that car, you're not going to get around. You're, you're going to be running around in last place, so you might as well just retire the car. And in Vettel's case, when you destroy a front wing, there's so many moving parts on that front wing, especially the DRS, where you have to open the DRS. The rear, the rear wing, I'm sorry. The rear wing. Yeah, it, he destroyed the rear wing. I'm sorry. When you destroy the rear wing, you're going to be out. Because to, to, it's not like the front wing where you can just change the whole nose. You have there's so many moving parts on that rear wing that you're gonna be out. So it was just a disaster. It was a complete disaster. It's definitely not what Ferrari needed. Let's see where they're at next week. I mean, it's it's gonna be a tough season regardless. For them. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so from there, we see our boy or my boy George Russell fighting uh, with Kevin Magnuson. He ends up going out wide. Um, this is in lap four, and that kind of ends up tanking his race. He goes out into the gravel, and then that pretty much wraps it up for him. He doesn't have the the car to be able to have him catch up. Not at all. No, he did so have a good car, though. Unfortunately, he did. He was he was in the pack. He was he was actually right adjacent to the Ferrari cars when they had that uh, incident. So I think he just got a little super aggressive. He started good, but. Well, as you recall, Lando Norris called him uh, during the virtual Grand Prix to ask him, hey, how do you start from the back of the grid? So <laughs> with with a start that isn't at the back of the grid, maybe he just got a little too excited. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's his first time in F1. He's not starting in 19th or 18th. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a good move. So, <laughs> so from there, we move forward to uh, this is uh, kind of the story of this race. The, the midfield inter-team battles, right? So lap 19, we see Ocon and Ricardo going back and forth, um, kind of fighting each other. Uh, Ricardo seemed to be faster. He was on mediums, actually, whereas Ocon was on soft. So it just kind of makes sense to let Ricardo go by, save tires, and have him go out longer into the race. But Ocon, I guess back to his old tricks back when he was in Force India, just elbows out, not letting his own teammate pass, who was on a different strategy that would have benefited the whole team. Ocon being Ocon. Yeah. No, but listen, you're gonna you're gonna fight until the team tells you. It's it certainly seemed when Danny Rick finally got that move done, um, that Ocon let him by. Um and I and I think he let him by because the team told him, listen, Danny Rick is on a different strategy, let him go. And then you can fight the I think the Force Indians were up ahead, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and you could take the race to them because at the end of the day you're still trying to overtake them. And you're fighting with them in the, uh, you know, for points. So, uh, you know, listen, racing drivers are going to be racing drivers. They're going to fight each other. They're going to they're going to race. And if you're in similar cars, it's going to be a close battle. Now that's where the team comes in and they have to step in and say, listen, we're going to burn tires. We need these tires for the for later on in the race. Let him buy. He's quicker than you. And the teams can actually tell you who's quicker or not through GPS and all of that stuff. So I, do I blame Ocon? Nah, I mean he's a racing driver. That's what they do. No, the I team should have stepped. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, in the case Ocon was also, or they were pretty much too close to the cars behind as well. So if Ocon was slowed down sooner, I think Gasly was behind Rick, and Gasly would have been able probably, you know, to get a to get a jump as well. And Ocon was not that far from Science up front, so you know, it was it was kind of tricky. It was it was not only to like maybe like 17, 18 where science got a gap, and that's pretty much when Danny Rick just passed over. So they were fighting the the, the, the racing points or, or the McLaren? They were the fighting, time? I believe, the McLarens at the time. The McLarens, yeah. okay. okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's <laughs> one of those things where you need to understand. You're not going to win the driver's championship. Every point for you doesn't matter. What does matter is the constructor's championship at the end of the year for your team. So you need to realize you're on the, you're on the, on the worst – not the worst strategy, but on a different strategy and let your teammate pass. But I think that you don't think that I don't know what happened there, but you, you don't I think the team stepped in because it looked like Ocon was moving over for Danny Rick. Uh I don't know. Oh, you thought you thought you think it was a little too late. I think Ricardo kind of overtook him. I think I don't know. Oh well, I guess we'll look at the footage. That'll be a, a, a point of contention. It looked like uh Danny Rick. I mean it looked like Ocon let him buy a final. Yeah, so, so they could retire five laps later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was the end result. Ocon ended up retiring lap 26. He had a uh, cooling issue that kind of just took the car out. Um, lap 25, uh, Max was behind him and in front of Bora. So he was done as far as like uh, Bora's could have undercut him. Ham could have overcut, like he was just stuck strategy wise. So what Red Bull ended up doing is they made the choice for him. They said, hey, look, Come in, pit, and we're gonna do. We're gonna try and undercut or try to cancel out the potential undercut from Bodas. Lap twenty-seven, Hamilton Hamilton comes in and pits on uh, mediums. So I, I don't know. There was not much that Red Bull could do as far as their strategy because they were just stuck in no man's land. It was just those top three cars, and Mercedes could just do whatever they needed to do. Wellington, can you explain to our audience what an undercut is? Okay. So, so they understand what it is. So an undercut is when you, you pit and you jump you jump onto what are essentially fresher tires, whatever whatever they may be, the hard, medium, softs. The fresher tires allow for better grip. And I'm saying better grip because uh, as the races go on, you put energy into the tires and that causes them to start degrading. The degradation of the tires... Uh, forces what would be forces slower lap times because now you're losing grip and now you have to be a little more careful going around corners. Not you know not much more careful, but going around corners or like uh, high speed um, high speed uh, radii or anything like that. So 
in essence, your tires get slower as they get older. So what Red Bull wanted to avoid was Valtteri Bottas, who was behind them, going from softs into fresh mediums and closing the gap to a point where by the time that Max came out of the pit stop, that he would be even or behind Bottas. And a, and, a, and a better chance to overtake him, basically, once um, Mac, well, once Boras comes out of the, the pits. So, I mean, and that's a strategy, and you're going to see that a lot, especially in the midfield. You'll see that a lot during races. So just look out for that. You can, because you can, you you cannot, you could, you can overtake on track, but you can, you can also overtake in the pits and take advantage of a slow pit stop or, Something like right, that. and the reverse of that is an overcut, where a driver will stay out longer if they're managing their tires well, will negate the advantage if they have decent tires. They'll negate the advantage of the the potential undercut, and then they'll have better tires at the end to either catch or extend a lead uh, against the rival driver. So pretty much what they try to do with both us after exactly, exactly. So they wanted to, they wanted to they. The Red Bull eliminated the undercut, and then what ended up happening is Boras came back in. I'm sorry, Hamilton came in to the pits, and then Boras stayed out longer and created an overcut situation, which actually ended up playing out at the end of the race where Boras caught Max and was able to pass him. Granted, he had a better car, but that the tire uh, strategy played into it. Well, I think, oh yeah, you're right. And, then, and the reason why Boras was able to catch Max at the end was because Max pitted too early, I think. He pitted, what, like five laps earlier than he did. Right. So at the end of the race, uh, you know, Max's tires were gone and, and Bora's tires had better grip, so he can easily... I mean, even though Max gave him a good fight at it, that's why you got to love Max. Uh, but we'll get to that later. And his wing also didn't help much. Right. Well, yeah, he damaged the wing also. So while their upfront battle and strategy is going on, we also have in the midfield, it was actually very entertaining. We had Renault, McLaren, and Racing Point literally just going at each other. It was actually very entertaining. Um, Carlos Sainz ended up going into the pits um, on lap 33, and it turns out to be a 7.2-second stop, which was it, it's oh yeah, horrible. It's double, almost triple what you actually want it to be. Yeah, they they had an issue with that. It looks like he took a lunch break. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's crazy. What's crazy is that you know that used to be a fat a fast pit stop. Now the way these pit stops are in F one, if you take more than two seconds, you're already taking too long. It's crazy. If you you, you guys have to watch this stuff. It's so amazing. So from there, Lance Stroll ends up hitting also in lap thirty three, but his pit stop is much faster. And what that ends up doing is Stroll. I'm sorry, Stroll pits a lap after. Stroll ends up overtaking signs just due to the pit stop strategy. He comes out on a lap fresher tires with a faster engine and just is able to do what he needs to do, right? Coming right out of the pit, uh, pit stop. He Stroll, after coming out, also just flies by both Alfa Romeos. They look like they were standing still. That racing point looks like it's going to be a real problem going forward for everybody else. It's like a rocket. It sure is, man. It's a rocket. It's super fast, man. And 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 you got to put it in the hands of a capable driver like Sergio Perez. Sergio Perez, I mean, he didn't get the outcome that he that he should have got in this race, but he was flying in this race, man. He was flying. He looked like the wily old veteran that we know him to be. But I just want to draw a comparison. When Bodas went into pit in lap thirty four. It was 2.3 seconds. Compare that to Carlos Sainz' 7.2 second pit stop. Five seconds is an eternity yeah, in Formula One. If we're, we're talking. We're talking about tens being an eternity. Imagine another. Imagine five seconds. That's crazy. I mean, it. it you know, it's it's things like that happen, and that's what makes these races interesting. So I'm not mad at that. But I mean, if you're looking at it from the the viewpoint of McLaren. Yeah, man, that 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 shouldn't happen, you know. But that's you know that's why they race. Things like this happen. Yeah, things like this happen. So, so he had a problem with tires, so, so it, it happens. It was it got stuck. 
Yeah, they could. Well, it's better that. I mean, at least they finished the race. It's better that than having an unsafe release where they're. Exactly. If they have an unsafe release and that will not is on, it, it happened. It, it, what could happen is two things. Either they have an unsafe release and they catch it early, so they have to retire the car, or the wheel falls off like Kimmy's wheel did last race. So, so from there, we see um, it looks just kind of trying to read read my notes, we go through and we have Perez who ended up pitting and now it's lap 40 where he's having a battle with Carlos Sainz and they literally go at it throughout the whole lap. It was an it was awesome to see two established veteran drivers going at it and then... Uh, that's that's the action we want to see, man. We want to see these guys beautiful action. Yeah. It's nice to actually yeah. see Carlos Sainz on camera. Doesn't really... <laughs> <laughs> But at the end of it, Perez comes out victorious. <laughs> he calls into his uh, his engineer, and he's like, "Ah, what do you think, man? Do you like that?" He's just like, he's ready he's, to go. He's fired up. He sounds he sounds like a kid looking for affirmation, man. <laughs> yeah. How do you hey, like mom, that? Did I do Did I do good, mom? Did I do good? <laughs> <laughs> I told you I got this. <laughs> lap uh, from there going on forward, lap forty six, you get more of this. Essentially, just really dumb stuff. Stroll and Perez fighting each other back and forth, both on essentially new tires. I, I just don't like it. When you have Ricardo ahead of you, signs behind you, now you're all of a sudden, you're, you're killing your tires fighting each other. Yeah, that didn't make any sense, man. I, I was looking at the, uh, at the lap times, at, at the rate that they were lapping. Uh, Perez was lapping half a second faster than Lawrence, than wow. Lawrence Stroll. So when you have when you're that fast, and we're not talking about one tenth, we're not talking about two tenths, we're talking about half a second. That's an, like we said, time differences in F one are measured in tenths, in hundreds of a second. We're not talking about one second or two seconds. So when you have your teammate is lapping that much faster, there's no point because what happens is when you are fighting your teammate, when you have to weave the car back and forth on the track and trying to take an and trying to do an overtake you're burning up your tires and you're shredding up your tires and you need that for later on in the race you got to get to the end of the race you only score points if you finish the race and this is all so, his teammate he was doing it, by the way yeah so why why you know if you're fighting let's say if you're fighting an opponent fine but if you're and it's worth it because you got to get points but if you're fighting your own teammate and your own teammate it's lapping half a second faster than you. Let him buy, man. Let him fight the people at the end because at that because you know what happens if he's fighting somebody else, then 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 he's slowing that next guy up so you can move up in the points. Absolutely. As well. And as a reminder, this is for seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth in the uh, drivers' championship. So at the end of the day, it's not going to make much of a difference. Where it helps is that prize money per the constructors. So it doesn't make sense when you have Ricardo ahead of you. Figure it out. Like the team should have jumped in and said, "Yo, stop the fighting. Perez is faster. Go attack Ricardo." Um, so from there, like like we were just talking about, lap forty six. I'm sorry. Uh, Perez then overtakes Ricardo on lap forty nine, and very quickly opens up a ten second gap between himself and Ricardo. That's how fast he was going. Dude was putting in fastest lap fast, after fast, fastest fast. lap after fastest lap. He was beasting. Beasting, I've never seen anything like that. And well, I've seen stuff like that, but not in the midfield. Like, with, but that car is quick, man. You put and that with the with the uh, uh, with new tire with fresh tires, man. He was gone, bro. He was gone. I, you see that, but but that's just what I'm telling you. Why why do you why are you holding him up? Why why do you have your teammate holding you up when you have that kind of pace? Let him go. Let him go. He he killed this race. He did such a good job. He should have gotten a better result. Paris had the sauce in this, uh, in this, in this race. He's getting. He said he had the. He had the. He had the sauce. He's getting comfortable, you know, with the car, with the speed, and yeah. are showing more and more. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, Paris so, is a decent guy when it comes to the next straw. Paris has been around for a long time. Yeah, so he's a, a veteran driver. He's gritty. Yep. Yeah, and and Stroll, 
Well, Wellington, go ahead because we, we're going to come up to this point. I don't want to. No, so as we said, Paris is putting in fastest lap after fastest lap and he's gaining on Albon. And it looks like it's going to be a fight for that, uh, what was it, that fourth place slot. And he got it to within a second. Um, at the same time, Stroll now 15 seconds, Stroll and Ricardo now 15 seconds behind Perez. And remember that Stroll didn't want to let him by. Now they're battling it out. And what ends up happening is. Um, we talk about the teamwork. McLaren's two drivers, Norris and Sainz, they come up to each other after Norris is on fresher tires. They tell Sainz to move over. Norris passes him. Gains on both Ricardo and Stroll. And when they, while they are battling, Norris ends up attacking them both and ends up um, really towards the end of the race being able to overtake both of them. Yeah, but, you know... Before that, the fact that Stroll couldn't overtake Ricardo, which was Ricardo was on think on soft, which was a horrible, horrible strategy call on Renault's part. The fact that you can tell how how not good of a racing driver Stroll is that you it, it took him like what fifteen fifteen almost twenty laps. I don't know exact the exact count to get past Ricardo. It's in that sense, time. and that yeah, and then but that but that fight is what caused Lando Norris to catch up to them, you know. So Brent, Martin Brundle was commenting on that as well. He his point was that uh, Ricardo was so heavy on the battery that he he was so good on it, I should say, that he was not giving Lance Stroll the time of day to be able to get past him. He, Stroll was keeping it close throughout. The whole lap, but once it got to a point where it was a straight or something that he could get past him, the utilization of the battery and the positioning of the car really screwed up what Stroll was trying to do. Just points yeah, out sure. that it's not about the car; it's also it's the driver. About the driver, it's also about the driver. Danny Rick did a masterful. Not make it easy though. Remember that Ricardo's not yeah. let him. Hey, come on, pass me. No, no, you got to earn. It. But that's but that's the difference between driver. You know, switch positions. Put Danny Rick in that car and put Lance Stroll in, in the in the Renault. You know Danny Rick does that move, of course. Regardless, Where? you know dri- the driver matters, man. The driver matters. And then you know, and then and just to explain to those that don't know, this is the these cars run on a hybrid system. So they have obviously a combustion engine, and then they have a battery pack which provides you uh, around 160 extra horsepower, and you can deploy it whenever you want. So what what was happening was that Ricardo knew on the track where the where the I was about to say Force India again, where the racing point would gain on him, where he couldn't gain on him and he would use that power to you know give him a little bit more extra horsepower to defend him. So uh, Ricardo did a you know a masterful job and, and I don't want to take any credit away from him, but you know Lance Stroll had a better car, had better tires. You got to get past him. His Danny Rick's tires were gone. They were gone, completely gone. He was just managing the race, and he still managed to keep him behind. I don't know how many laps. We also have yeah. to say that that racing point is a fast car now, because Lance Stroll wouldn't have been nowhere near Ricardo, regardless of what has happened. Yeah, that that car is quick, man. And I said it. You know, I said it before the season started. That car is going to be super quick uh, if they can get some cape. And imagine when they start getting Aston Martin money. Money, <laughs> they're moving up, man. They're moving up. That team and that team is pretty. That team was pretty good, punching below its weight. You know, you know, a few years back. That you know, it's a pretty good team. They got a you know they got a pretty good engineers over there. Now you got money behind it. You know, watch sure. out for them, man. They're gonna be good. They got money behind them, and now it's showing. Before, when yeah, they were, exactly. you know, when they were broke and fighting, they were still doing good in the midfield. Now that oh, yeah, you know, funding, they're doing very good. Yeah. Laps sixty six, sixty seven. You hear, uh, you see Max and uh, Valtteri Bottas going back and forth uh, in what is a two lap battle in which Bottas has the better tires, better uh, car. And Max is just not even letting him. Not not that he's not letting him pass, but he's putting up a fight. 
Yeah, but that's what Max does, man. Max is not going to let you go by. He even said it after the race. You know, he, he, he said, listen, I, I, I knew that he was eventually going to get passed by me, but, you know, you got to give him a fight. You got to give him a hard time. Um, you know, and eventually a lap later he did, but that's what, sh- that's, you know, that's what, that's the, the, the sign of a great racing driver, man. I'm not going to, I'm just not going to give it to you, man. You got to take it from me. And Max is, has always been like that. Man. You also have to give credit to Bottas. Bottas, he was very calm doing it back and forth with him. They were both very clean. I think if Bottas would have been over aggressive, they probably would have hit each other. Yeah, but that that goes to the patience, and I, you know, I asked this question last last race when it comes when it came to Albon uh, trying to overtake, uh, or you know, yeah, Albon trying to take overtake Lewis Hamilton. You know, the um, you gotta be you gotta know when to make make the right moves. Everything's moving very quick, so you can't just say, "Oh, I'm gonna pass you like you pass a car on the highway." You gotta be calculated in your moves. And everything is moving so quick, you you gotta know when to make the right move, and you know, and then also take into consideration, I have better tires, I have faster tires, you know, it's, you know, there's so many things that go into account that we can't even fathom, you know, us us normal people, us non racing drivers. Um, Speak for yourself, but <laughs> but um, but Botas said, all right, you know, fight me, but I'm going to get you eventually. And, and he did that. He showed he's a veteran. He knows he knows what he's doing. So after that battle, the gaps were such that after Max lost that battle, the, the gaps were such that Max was able to pit and come out ahead of Albon to try and get the fastest lap. Here's where I get pissed off. They He comes out of the pits and he's fighting back markers to try and get track position. And that's what the camera, the, the race director, is showing and i said it during the race and i'm like i don't care about freaking max you have signs closing in on uh on the signs was closing in on whoever was ahead of him i don't even remember because i was so i was fuming then on top of that you had perez and albon they were like a tenth apart so the racing director was more interested in in max his leisurely driving miss daisy passing uh the the uh, at the time yeah, I was glued. I was glued to the timing sheets because to the timing board because I wanted to see what was going on. I wanted to see how close he was. Like we couldn't see anything. It, yeah, it was just frustrating. Sometimes they do a good job. I think he did it. I think the the director did a good job in showing the battles in the midfield. But dude, when something's happening, go to that. Let I want to see that, man. Come on. I think that was, we should you know, have. A- like a direct email to one of those guys one of these days and tell him how we really feel regarding <laughs> the job that they're doing. Because he granted they did better, they're doing better. This week was good in the midfield mm-hmm. show some, but they still missed out on a lot of midfield stuff. I personally didn't like that the backstopping pit stop coming down the traffic. How are you gonna expect him to get a, a fastest lap? You know? That that sucked for Red Bull. But they tried. They, you know, he still feels the same position, but Come on, man. We miss a lot of action for sure. They showed him going into the... He was in the pit lane. They showed the pit stop. They show him coming out. And it's like, yo, what the hell are we watching here? He's not going to lose a plate. Who cares? (laughs) So from there, what ended up happening that we did not see is Albon was under attack from Perez. They end up colliding, and that screws up Perez's wing uh, his front wing, but it, we're so close to the end of the race. He doesn't come in to change it. There's no safety car called or anything like that. I don't think they really dropped any debris, but that ended up having such a major effect on the action to end the race. And we didn't even see it until it was a replay when they decided to show a replay to let us exactly. know what happened. Thank I don't replay that well. Of yeah, the last, the always great last lap action at the Red Bull ring. That was that was the fact that they didn't show it is maddening, but it was fun to see because you know the race wasn't as good as the last one, but just watching everything that was going on in that last lap was crazy, man. So, like we mentioned earlier, it was Ricardo and Stroll fighting. They went off track a little bit. Norris pushing on top of him, and now he he passes. It's Stroll ahead with Norris, and he passes Ricardo. Then 
because of the damage to the front wing, Perez is literally, he's moseying around the track. And come the last lap, they are seriously putting some time into it and gaining on him. And what leads, what ends up happening is that leads into a, essentially a drag race right at the end uh, of the race where Norris comes out on top with, I believe it was Perez behind him and Stroll after that with Ricardo finishing at, as the last of those four cars. But it was a very exciting ending. Um, your guys' thoughts. How about Lando, man? Lando, Lando, Lando. When, when, yeah, he when Lando um, wants to get something done, bro. He gets it done, man. When he need when that team need, you know, he he said, "Listen, I'm going for it." Just the same way the team told him in the last lap of the last race, he said, "Yo, go, 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 go," and he just went. He got his podium. You know, he he should he finished fifth, I believe, in this race. Man, he was nowhere near fifth in this race, man. It, it was awesome. It was just, you know, that's the type that's, you know, those are the finishes that we want to see. Even if it's in the midfield, those are the, the that is what we want to see, man. Yeah, that little three-way three battle between Ricardo, Stroll, and, and Norris for like the last couple of laps, that was super dope. It was at one point that it looked like Norris was going to take over, overtake both of them. Remember, because Stroll and Ricardo were fighting and they went off and Norris was just right there. So, you know, obviously, yeah, I thought, the I thought it was too, man. helped. And it was, and it, and it was pretty good to see, um, you know, uh, the two for the, the two racing points and Ricardo just basically a drag race at the end to the finish line to see who finished. That was, that was pretty cool. So, I want to point something out here. We saw Perez and Stroll have an inter team battle, not letting one or the other pass. We had Ricardo and Ocon have an inter team battle not letting one or the other pass. Ultimately, those seconds are added on at the end. And we saw Norris and Sainz, there was cooperation. Norris was able to go by Sainz, no problem, setting up what essentially was this photo finish. It was less than one second between Norris and Perez. It was one-tenth between uh, Perez and Stroll, and it was another tenth between Stroll and Ricardo. Imagine they didn't fight in the middle of, of the middle of the races, where they would be. Well, but you know what? If if they didn't do that, then we wouldn't get the race that we wanted. Yeah, that's true. You know that we got it. So I mean, listen, this is what makes these races interesting, man. These the mistakes that the team that these teams make. You know, not everybody. You know, we can get mad at the team for making those mistakes because hindsight is always twenty twenty. But when you're in the heat of the moment, decisions get made, and sometimes these decisions lead to amazing race endings or an amazing race entirety. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. The, if they didn't have those, those little, you know, back and forth thing between the teams, they would have helped on the timesheets. But at the end, I, I kind of like a little drag race. Also, you know, I just have to be with the, with the race director a little more. So he could be more on the action. That's regardless if it's just the teams holding each other up or the back and forth between different drivers. We want to see that. We want to see that action. So it could be more entertaining for all of us. Dude, I said it at the beginning of the race. I did not even know what was going on. The, the two Ferraris crashed. And then like that was all they showed for like a good five minutes. And it's like, dude, the whole rest of the other race is going. Like, come on. No, I like what they were saying as well. They were saying that um that they're missing the Ferrari. A race without Ferrari. You know, Martin Martin Brando was saying that during the race. That you know, they it's kind of odd to see a race with a Ferrari. Granted, you know, uh, it was much better. You're right. It <laughs> <laughs> was a much better race. Listen, man, it was a fun race, regardless if Ferrari was in it or not. I would have liked to see the Ferraris in it, but I'm not gonna go as far as saying that the that the that the race is 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 not as good because the Ferraris are there. You're gonna get double DNFs. It happens. Um, it shouldn't have happened considering their position. Uh, but it was a it was a it was a pretty good race. It wasn't a great race, but it was pretty good, you know. And honestly, considering how long we've gone without seeing racing action, we had a pretty good two weeks at the Red Bull. Absolutely, no, yeah, and that and, you know, and the, and, totally different races, by the way. Oh yeah, and 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 they were totally different. Go ahead, Ruben. I'm sorry. Go you ahead. know that they were both. Total different races, and as far as results, action, 
we did not get, you know, we got the same track, but two totally different spectacles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then, you know, and that was the, the, the fear going into coming into the season where we're going to get, um, you're going to get two races at the same track. You felt they felt, or everybody felt like, and I think we all felt the same way that it's going to be a copy paste of last weekend. But what in, what really happened is it was an enhancement. It was like, what did I do wrong this week that I can improve on next week? And these teams, as you know, showed how good they are that they they made the changes and they put on a different show. You know, it wasn't necessarily better. I thought the first race was better, um, but it's a different show. It's you know, it, it just adds on to the story. Now, I think the next one that we're going to get is going to be Silverstone. No, I'm yeah. going No, no, no. I'm talking about as far as the double header where you would get two races in the same track. Okay. Yes. That'll be fun to watch. But, yeah, we got to go to the Hungaroring. ring. First. I'd be okay going to Austria again for a third time. Really? <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> no, but it was fun, but we need something new. Some of the things that we that, – well, that I had called out to watch was Lando Norris was – he's shown now three times in a row that he is good at Austria. I said this in our preview leading into it to watch out for him scores. Uh, he gets the fifth place. Uh, and then also the racing points, they had made the strategic error previously and Lance Stroll's car went out, but they had made the strategic error with uh, error with Perez. He was fighting for fourth and he was past Albon, if not for that collision. So it's, it's interesting to see some of the differences you could, you can kind of pick up from one race to another at the same spot. Yeah, I mean, um, again, every race is different. Every race will have its different situations. And, you know, now we're going to go to a new track, and that's going to be different. The pecking order is going to be different. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. Can't wait for it. That's what we love about this sport, man. Yeah, that's what we love about this sport. It's not always going to be the same, you know? So... Just to uh, run down the results, um, the final results for the race were Hamilton finished first, Bora second, Max Verstappen third, comprising the podium. Uh, Alexander Albon was fourth, Norris, Lando Norris fifth, Sergio Perez sixth, Lance Stroll seventh, Daniel Ricciardo eighth, Carlos Sainz ninth, and Daniel Kvyat, tenth place, scored uh, one point. Fastest lap ended up being uh, Carlos Sainz, who pitted late to be able to get that, fi- uh, that fastest lap. Carlos Sainz, future Ferrari driver. I wonder yeah. if he's the uh, both. No, no, I think nah, I the show today, what may happen when he goes to Ferrari, you know, he let Norris through with no problem, so he's probably going to have to go to Leclerc. After all, they're going to be past 10th anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Carlos Sainz is going to be a good add to the Ferrari team. Now, let's see if they can get their act together. Um, yeah, this, yeah, I don't see good things coming from them this season. And I don't know what's going to happen next season. It's going to be the same car. But listen, that's why we watch the races. That's why they go racing. You know, so. so top three in the driver standings after race number two. Valtteri Bottas, number one, with 43 points. Lewis Hamilton, number two, with 37 points. Ooh. Yeah. And then Lando Norris, number three, <laughs> with 26 points. Still in third. <laughs> yeah. Wellington, what do you think after, you know, after the first two weekends? Do you you know, now that we kind of know the 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 order of where these cars are running, do you think that we're in store for just a Mercedes battle at the top? Or do you think Max is going to have something to say? No, it's going to be a Mercedes battle at the top. We'll see next week. Hungaro Ring is more of a technical track, and it's more Red Bull is more suited for that type of track. But you know, I said yeah. they're coming into Austria, and look what happened. Um, problem is that. From there, we're going to go into a doubleheader into Silverstone, which is a power track, and they're going to get blown. Red Bull's going to get blown away. So I, you know, um, Mercedes is already up forty-two points in the constructors' championship. It's it's almost a foregone conclusion without the uh, competition for Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, and and they were so far ahead uh, last year too that it was. It was just inevitable, which is this is why we want to see that cost cap come in, you know, bring the teams a little bit in closer so we can have more of a competition throughout the year. When you consider that they it looks like there was no issue with the sensors hitting the curbs and stuff like that for the Mercedes engines. That would have been the major chink in the armor. But well, they um they 
I, I think they still had the issues. I, Lewis said after the race, he was trying to keep up the curbs. But, you know, they had a better grasp of it. So, you know, and the drivers did their jobs, man. They have, you know, it's, it's a good team and they have really good drivers. Botas is a good driver, too. He's not as good as Lewis, obviously, but, you know, it just goes to show you that that team is a well-oiled machine, man. It's going to take a lot for anybody to dethrone them. Yeah, I think this year it's going to be tough not to have, you know, Mercedes taking it all. But, but we still have yet to see Max run a clean race. Today, you know, obviously he didn't show top-end speed. But he also had a broken wing. Which also, remember, the aerodynamics in the Red Bull always helps him. Ruben, do you think that Botas can beat Hamilton this year? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not distracted enough. <laughs> Botas is going to have to maintain some level of freaking focus to be able to get past uh, Hamilton. Well, look at what Nico Rosberg had to do to, to beat Hamilton. He basically had to become enemies with him. And you know, you know, go down to some really questionable tactics just to beat him personally. So, I mean... Look, at, at the end of the day... Lewis is, Lewis is the tough guy to beat. Man. Mercedes is going to build such a lead that the team orders won't even matter because they're, they're just going to be so far ahead that I think that you're just going to let uh, Bodas and Hamilton go at it. Which will be fun for us to watch, man. You know, that... You know that that 2016 season was fun to watch. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, we always want to see we always want to see a title fight, um, which we haven't gotten in the past few years. Uh, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It just sucks that it has to be on the same team. You know. All right. Well, that's about it coming out of this race. Do you guys have any final thoughts? I just want to see how everything shapes up at the Hungaro Ring. The Hungaro Ring is, like you said, a very technical track. It's it suits more of a car that's prepared better aerodynamically rather than a power track. So uh, let's see where Red Bull is. I think Red Bull is the only other team that can maybe mount the comp- uh, some competition towards Mercedes. Um, yeah, you know the races are pretty good there. So it'll be. Uh, I'm just. I'm just looking forward again, man. I just. We got racing. We got racing, and that's all we want. We want to see racing. Yeah, I think next week is on the show. Pretty much, pretty much where Red Bull is. You know, if Red Bull fights next week steadily, it shows that it could probably bring up the action. But if Mercedes is able to, you know, leave him in the dust next week, uh, I doubt they'll be, you know, they'll be catchable this week or this year. Absolutely. You know, we say it's going to show where Red Bull is, but I, it's almost, it, it almost hurts me to say that because it's almost like, okay, we're going to see where Max is in comparison to where him and Borasar because even look at the difference between Max and Albon where they were it's it, it it's hard not to give Max credit in that sense in that he's keeping up he's got a not a dog of a car but it's a worse car and he's pushing the heck out of a team that's with a car that's far better yeah I mean and then that car is that that this year's Red Bull car is reminding me a lot of that 2017 Mercedes car where it was tough to handle, but it was still very quick. It was a diva, they said. Yeah, it was they said exactly. It was a diva. Um, and they still managed to win the championship, even though Ferrari did give them a good fight that that season. Um, but if there's any driver that can tame that diva, it would be Max Verstappen, and he's showing it, man. He's you know he ran second most of the race and. You know, I think that the the um, the the early pit stop is what did him in eventually. But Max is an excellent driver, and he's he you know he's 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 that pedigree of a driver that can hustle a car around the track regardless of the car. So, you know, imagine he didn't uh, DNF last last week; he would have been second place right now, constructors championship. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, that's what. But that's what I think we came into the season expecting a fight between Hamilton and Verstappen uh, at the top. Um, I'm hoping we can still get a three-way fight with uh, with Bottas, Hamilton, and Verstappen, but we'll see how everything shakes out. Absolutely. All right, so, guys, I just want to say one thing. Th- well, number one, thanks for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed the race. Uh, let us know. We are on Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Actually, not yet on iHeartRadio. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn and YouTube. 
please follow, like, subscribe um, on all those platforms or on whichever platform is your favorite. Make sure to drop us comments, actually, on YouTube. Uh, or you can send us an email at uh, jumptostartracing at gmail.com. Let us uh, give us some feedback. Or if you have any questions, we'll make sure to read it, read the emails out on the air. Do you guys have uh, any last comments? Also, follow us on Instagram, Jump to Start Racing, Jump to Start Racing Podcast, on, and, uh, and also on Twitter. So um, we're on all those platforms. Drop us a like. Drop us a comment. You know, we'll be happy to, you know, uh, mingle with you guys. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. Peace out. Peace out, guys. Bye.